0: Point to you over and over again in everything, um, and I pray, Lord, that, that anything I would say that would be incorrect, that you'd stop me from saying it, um, that I only really speak the truth in love this morning, in Christ's name, amen. All right, so um, part of uh, my process for writing sermons uh, is that it is uh, very chaotic. I, I'm not sure if you all are aware, but I most of my world tends to be um Chaotic and a little disorganized and fly by the seat of your pants and my pants, not your pants. Um, and one of the one of the weird aspects of sermon writing for me is illustrations because I I can spend a whole week researching and studying and everything else, but I rarely come up with an illustration um, until the morning of. It's got to be moved up. Okay, is that better? <laughs> no, now we can hear you. It's worse. Um, So we're talking about the church this week, and actually I was looking for an illustration. I was trying to think of of what it was going to look like, um, what the best way to illustrate this was. And then Titus comes walking out of his bedroom with his suit. Now, we bought this suit uh, as, was it Sears or Hoglands or one of those, was going out of business. And and it was like, hey, look, this is a Calvin Klein suit. And it's huge on Titus, but he'll grow into it eventually. And this is probably the only time he's ever going to wear it because we caught it right at the front end of him wearing it, but he's going to have a growth spurt really soon, or he's going to stop eating sugar, uh, one of those. Um, and so come on up here, bubs. So I thought, you know, I, I am going to let him wear his suit, and I'm going to wear mine. And, oh, now he's going to be shy. Um, and, and he, is, he is little Eric. I don't know if any of y'all have noticed. He kind of looks like me, right? That's this genetics thing. Um, and then actually this weekend, somebody said to me, it was uh, Keely said to me, listening to him talk because he stayed at their house uh, one night this week and, and hung out with, uh, with Colton, whose name I got right for a change. Um, and, and she had said that talking to him was the most entertaining part of having him there because he, first off, never stopped right? Um, don't punch me in front of the church, little boy. Uh, and and his vocabulary he used huge words. And, and um, what made me laugh about that was I had this flashback of my mom who would, whenever she was talking to one of her grandkids, would turn around and talk to me about it and say, you know what? He uses such big words just like you did when you were a kid. And what it comes down to is Titus is little Eric, right? He is little Eric. He is cursed with my genetics. And so he's going to grow up to look like this. Um, He's got a little adjust in him. So he's actually good with math and he can pay attention to something for more than two and a half minutes. Um, But otherwise he's, he's me Um, and dressed up. I was going to wear my three piece suit so that we looked a little more alike, but, but the COVID-19 kept me from wearing it. Um, So it might have been COVID-25, but whatever. (laughs) Um, And he is me, right? He is little me. And in the long run, my little boy is going to do much greater things in life than I have, right? He's going to take what I – wow, I'm getting made fun of back here. The COVID-19 thing? Uh, Stephanie had to explain it. <laughs> well, it's cause she knows all about it. Cause Jeremy gained his COVID-19 too. Um, <laughs> so Titus, when he grows up, he's going to do bigger and better things than I've done. Right. Cause he's going to go other places and he's going to, to, um, use the good parts of me and the good parts of his mom. And he's going to go out and he's going to expand it. Um, and he's going to go sit down cause I think he's tired. Of, you tired of being up front? Okay. Um, I'm going to sit a bit this morning. I'm sorry. I'm getting old. Um, when Jesus was uh, about ready to leave, when he was about ready to ascend to heaven, he said to his disciples, he said, look, you guys are going to go out and you're going to do greater works than even I did. Okay. And I've heard a ton of sermons on this. This is in John uh, John 16, if I'm not mistaken. but We're not going to go to it yet this morning or at all this morning. Um, I've heard a ton of sermons where. They talk about this being that um, we would do bigger miracles and that we would, you know, walk on water and handle snakes and all kinds of other stuff as though this is what Jesus is talking about. And a lot of times that's accompanied with what are you doing wrong in your faith that you're not doing bigger things with, than Jesus did? Like, And, and I'm going to tell you that's nonsense. Um, in reality, what Jesus is talking about is the church – would become christ in this world we would complete the work that christ was sent to accomplish that's not to say that there's a negative there okay it's not like jesus forgot to finish his homework like i did pretty much from the sixth through the senior year of college um <laughs> it's not like he didn't finish it because he didn't have time or was lazy or screwed up or anything like that it is that we are the extension and the completion of his work, in the same way as many me in the front row is the extension and completion of my life. Um, I think any any dad in the room will, you know, with an adult son, uh, Jim is surrounded by them this morning, um, can say my children are me, but they've gone on to do different things, and they they are bringing a part of who I am to the world. Is that about right? And you get to be proud of those moments. Um, We're going to be talking about the purpose of the church and what we're here to do. And we're going to be in Ephesians for this. And I'm going to try and do the whole thing today. I'm not going to go long, so I may cut it short, okay? We may do half this week and half next week because I've gone long every week. See, just like me, he's wandering around aimlessly during the service. Um, (laughs) I love you, Titus. (laughs) And so um, we're going to work our way through Ephesians. And the reason that we're going to do that is... Paul's message in the book of Ephesians, he's focusing on two big things. First off, he's focusing on a church that's not managing to to get along with each other. And he's speaking to them about getting along with each other, about how to operate in harmony as the body. And the second half is, hes like second major idea that's present in the book of Ephesians, is he's talking about how um, the church is to be holy and separate. And so everything we're going to talk about this week, we're going to try and hit some highlights. We're going to do six things. So you know in advance, six things. And we're going to start in chapter one where Paul starts, right? Um, and Paul has this introduction, and then he has this lengthy prayer. This is going to be our largest focus for this week. And some of y'all got the text this week, right? I emailed it out, and I put it on the Facebook page. And we're going to be working on this a little bit because um, because he sort of sets up the big idea here. Um, so... His prayer, um, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So this is the setup, right? Um, because I've heard about what you guys are doing, because I've heard about where you're at, because I've heard these good things about you, I thank God all the time. I thank God that you are like in this place, and I never forget you in my prayers. Um, I'm so proud of what you're becoming as a church. He goes on. Actually, let me emphasize. My prayers that. So he's going to start saying what he's praying for them about. Okay? Now watch this. It's huge. Because I read this like ten times. It took me a little while to parse it out. um, That the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So he says, listen, here's what I'm praying for, that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he would give you wisdom and knowledge, that he would um, make you through his Holy Spirit aware of like of him, like the knowledge of him. Right. So what Paul is saying is, listen, you as a church um, in Ephesus, I'm praying that you would have an understanding of him. I'm praying that you would come to a grasp and a place of him. Um, that you would know um, what his business is. Now, this knowledge of him, which comes from having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, meaning it's not a knowledge of the head, right? It's the eyes of your heart that are going to identify this, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance for the saints, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might. So now he lists off three things. He says, listen, by the eyes of your heart, I want you to recognize these three things. And they're all interconnected. And they're all going to play out in the rest of this book. Watch this. The three things. Um, Take them off. Put them on. Take them off. Put them on. Um, That you may know the hope. To which he has called you, so the hope he's called you to, the riches of his inheritance and the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. So there is hope, there is like this um, inheritance, and then the greatness of the power toward us. What the heck does that mean? Because it's really broad, right? I mean, if you had to sit me down and say, all right, Eric, point to these things in the room. It's not obvious, right? It's not like a clear-cut thing. It's not a thing I'm going to see with my eyes or describe openly. um, But it is something that we can see with our hearts. It's something that we can come to know through his Holy Spirit and fasting our hearts and opening our eyes and saying, here it is. All right? that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. So like God the Father raised Christ, seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and a power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. Now here's the big operative word here, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. So let me break this down to you because it's easy to get lost in. How many of y'all read this this week and we're like, uh, what? It's just me, okay. <laughs> um, he says, listen. I want you to see these three things with your hearts. I want you to come to understand the gift that God is giving you. This awesome, like, like, promise He's laid out, this gift that He's handed out, this thing that He has put in your lives, this gift, right? And a gift is a big deal in the ancient world. The reason being, now watch this, the reason being that gifts from rulers were given out after a conquest, right? And so you'll read about Caesar conquering a kingdom. You know, leading his army, conquering a nation. And then he gives out gifts to the people from the plunder that he has taken. And a lot of times, the best gifts went to the soldiers and the commanders that were in the army. And very, very, very often, those gifts were in the area surrounding the conquest, right? So, like, if we were to march down to Loma and conquer them, it won't be that hard, right? Because there's like eight people down there. So we march down to Loma and we conquer it. And then our commanding general says, okay, you get this farm, you get this farm, you get this farm, you get this farm, right? And so now we all have extra farmland down in Loma. And, you know, whether it was sort of in Israel where, like, oh, you get this city, you get this city, you get this city, or in Greece you get these fields and you get this area with these vineyards or whatever, gifts were handed out from amongst like, the things that have been taken. In the case of Christ, what Christ has, like, victorious over is the world. Like, Christ has come. He has saved the world through his victory on the cross, shedding his blood for us. And so the gifts that God hand out, hands out are related to this conquest, right? Paul goes on then. He says, listen, everything in the world is under him. Now, here's the tricky part. Everything in the world isn't bowing down to him, right? The are is not. But the church is, right? And actually, he ends there, he says, um, and this will make sense. How many of y'all are lost? (laughs) Really no one. I'm nailing it so far. Uh, (laughs) um, He gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So him filling all in all refers to him filling the church with himself. Like the church... Christ is the head. We talked about that last week, right? Like the body runs around sometimes without the head, and we do stupid stuff, like a chicken with its head cut off. Um, The church is Christ's body. And he fills the body and then hands out gifts for the purpose of spreading the kingdom, right? He's conquered this world. This world is not not bowing down to him. And so he has given us gifts for the purpose of making the world into his kingdom, right? Right? And so as the body of Christ, we talked last week about how big a mess the world is, right? The world is a disaster. The world is on fire right now. And the trick is that it was on fire five years ago. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, right now, our job as the body of Christ, our purpose is first off to complete the person of Christ. He infests the body. He fills it with himself, and we become his body. And so Christ, having gone to heaven, he sits up there in heaven, and we act as his body. So Christ, all of the work he did in the world, all of his teaching, all of his ministering, all of his spreading the word, all of his praying over people was done in the space of like a 100 miles, right? I mean, the guy traveled in a space smaller than the state of Montana. Actually, almost smaller than Shoto County, right? Like, it is a tiny, tiny little space that he went. And so, if Jesus needed to talk to someone, he would go the 40 miles over here, or 70 miles over there, or 25 miles here. You know, oh, well, we need you to come heal our brother. All right, I'm on my way, and you'd have to walk there, right? The body of Christ, which is you, me, all of us who know Christ and are bought by his blood and belong to him... The body, we are Christ going to those people. We are carrying, not that we're Christ as in like, oh, you're God. You know, we're not going that route. But I am Christ's body going, right? And so when um, Terry and all the folks involved in the food bank feed folks, they're the body of Christ handing out food. When um, one of y'all shows up to a neighbor's house and you know the neighbor's struggling and you sit down and listen, you're the ears of Jesus. When you go out and you share the gospel with somebody who is ashamed or lost and you say, this is who Christ is, this is why God loves you, this is Christ's blood shed for you and all you have to do is believe, you become the voice of Christ. Like we are that. We are his body. And in a sense, he fills all in all. He fills us up for the purpose of spreading his kingdom. And so the first purpose of the church is to complete Christ's body. It's to complete his person in the world. And this is his plan. His plan is for us to be Jesus. Right? I um, often joke about Proverbs 31. Y'all are familiar. Is there any woman in this church who has not heard Proverbs 31 and been a little annoyed by the fact that it is an unattainable goal? Right, And I I have heard many women say, this passage makes me angry because the Bible says I have to be that. Whereas like later in Ephesians, what the Bible says is, husband, you're supposed to be Jesus, which is also just impossible. But guess what? We're all supposed to be Jesus. We're the body of Christ. And our purpose is to look like the body of Christ and to spread his kingdom and to do greater works because we can go places that he didn't. Because we can go more places because there's more of us. Um, this is the first purpose of the church is to go is to be his body is to do the job like as him and that's something actually we have to remind ourselves because it is really easy to lose sight of it it just is um i'm gonna move on because i really want to talk about this more but i really want to cover all my points Um, so in chapter two, we're going to just pick a little bit out of here. I'm going to try and give you a chunk of it. So you get some context. I don't want to be the guy who's taking things out of context. Um, in chapter two, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens. He's talking about our adoption and our belonging to the body of Christ our being brought into the family of God. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him. Amen. Nothing. I thought it was funny. (laughs) Uh, In whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into the dwelling place. Of God by the Spirit. Now watch this. In the Old Testament, when the temple was built, right, like Solomon's temple, the very first thing that happened, they dedicated it, and the glory of God filled the place, like it poured into it, and light, light shone out of it, and there's rushing wind and everything else, and like God was there. And so whenever they would go to the temple, they would go to the temple because that was the place that God manifested Himself. Right, And in the very middle of it was the Holy of Holies, the most holy place on the planet. And if you went in there incorrectly, you would die. And they would only go in there once a year. And they would go with like bloody sacrifices to cover their sins when they did. And they would wash up and do special ceremonies and everything else. Because this is the place where God was manifested holy and glorious and awesome. If you flip before that, it was the tabernacle. And the glory of God went before them everywhere, right? Like they'd have the Ark of the Covenant and like they'd march it into battle ahead of them and angels would make people's faces melt and head heads explode and everything else. Or at least that's what I've learned from my theology class at the movies. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Um, But God was with them everywhere they went and was manifest with them everywhere they went. And now what Paul is saying is you folks are being built into the temple. Well, in the ancient phrase of it, right, the temple is where God was manifest. It's where his presence was known. And so the church is where Christ is manifest, where his presence is known. Um, And so what we understand is Christ's presence in this world is completed through the church. Now, every once in a while, I'm going to ask a hard question, okay? And I'm going to ask a hard question. That means that everywhere we go, church, we are his presence. And the question is, like, you know, you walk into the temple, they would have incense going all the time. And it was special incense you could only use in the temple, right? It was the good stuff. Like, are we leaving the amazing scent of Christ wherever we go? Or are we leaving a stink? Like, because it is so easy. I was mad yesterday. I was actually mad at Stephanie and Jeremy. (laughs) And I had to pray about it. And I had to, like, come to grips with that. And actually, I'm sorry I was mad at you. It was not fair. Um, But everybody who came into contact with me yesterday got a little bit of that. Right? Because you're never just mad at one thing, that big angry spreads. And it becomes my attitude. Right? When I am cranky, everyone knows it. When I am cranky, my kids know it. My wife knows it. The neighbors might probably hear about it. The dogs know it. Everybody knows. Like everybody I come into contact with. I think I had to run to the grocery store. I was cranky at the grocery store. Everybody knows when I'm cranky. We are the presence of Christ. We are his temple. We are the place where Christ will manifest to the world. Um, We're the place he shows up. The the crazy thing about that is that sometimes the church looks more like a barroom brawl or like a social club or whatever like than it does the presence of Christ. We need to be salt and light to the world because, because we're the manifestation, we're the temple where Christ shows up. So we go on. Chapter 3. I'm going to do one chapter at a time, right? And i got three more to go after this. To me, though I am the very least of the saints, this grace was given. To preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan and the mystery hidden for ages in God. Who created all things so that through the church... The manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This one is crazy. Okay. Because it sounds like it makes sense. Oh, well, like the riches and the knowledge of God and God's wisdom and everything else is made known through the church. Right. Through his believers. Like all of that stuff is made known. And it's easy to think of that in terms of the world around us. Right. But that last phrase is the catch made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. There's this great line where, I believe it's Paul again, but I I can't quote her off the cuff, I'm sorry, where it talks about heaven rejoices, no, it's Jesus who said it, heaven rejoices at the repentance of one sinner more so than a hundred that don't need to repent. Like, as the church moves and grows and acts, eternity responds. When we gather and we worship, We're worshiping in the presence of eternity. It's easy to lose sight of that because I don't see an awful lot of eternity except, like, when I, you know, have to listen to my kids talk about stuff sometimes, it feels like eternity. Or, um, you know, listen to a sermon from me, that feels like an eternity. Like, but eternity, as in the heavenly realms, hears us and responds to us. And, in fact, part of God's purpose in the salvation through Christ is um, to glorify something below the angels to kind of show it up um, to, the, to the demons and, and to Satan, right? Like, like um, you have this rebellion in heaven. You have these fallen angels, these, these ones who assume to take the position of God. And God says, you know what? I'm going to demonstrate how wrong you were by raising up the very least the most limited, the most sinful, the most rebellious, the most broken, the dirtiest, the filthiest, the muddiest, the rottenest in the world. I'm going to forgive them. And I'm going to forgive them through the blood of Christ. I'm going to pour out my son for them. And I'm going to be glorified to these rotten, rebellious children. I, I read a thing this week saying if Satan had any idea what the cross is about, he probably wouldn't have followed through with it. Right. But God kept all that back and he revealed it in Christ. That's actually why the scriptures say that Christ like descended into hell. He went down to preach the gospel and say, hey, here's what happened, guys, because in the face of rebellion, God glorifies himself with us. And so church like body of Christ, brothers and sisters, every time. We act in harmony with Christ every time we grow, every time we choose not to rebel, every time we live in the spirit and like imitate Christ in the world around us. And we bring somebody else to Jesus and we help somebody else grow more spiritually mature. The angels in heaven are watching and they're moved by it. They're impressed by it. You have an audience right now. You have an audience that is watching you glorify Christ. You have an audience everywhere you go. You know, the enemy watches. Watches you glorify Christ or choose not to. And in that the church exists to complete his plan. Because God's plan for all of creation was knowing that we would rebel. He sent his son to die for us and to show redemption and to have relationship with you and me. I'm going to do one more, and we'll do the rest next week. Is that cool? I'm going to do it one way or the other, so (laughs) it's like when I ask my kids if they agree. (laughs) Ephesians 4, uh, we're going to do 7 to 16. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and gave gifts to men. That's that gifts thing I was talking about, right? A conquering hero can give away gifts from his plunder, and that's what he does. He gives away gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended in the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for every work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and all of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature into Christ, who is, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which, with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Read it when you get home again. You, Paul does it better than I do. The thing with Paul is he has this habit of writing pages and pages of single sentence, right? And it's really hard to read. I'm going to summarize this. He's saying, listen. The gifts he gave out, he gave out like in his conquest for the specific purpose of maturing and growing the church, right? Our job, our purpose is to grow. My little Titus who ran off wearing his suit and tie and all that, I very much hope that there will be a day that he grows up to be like the best parts of me. Um. I, I was laying on my couch this last summer with a highlighter down in my office reading some notes for sermon prep and highlighting. And my son came and he laid on my chest with a highlighter and colored in sentences. And he kept saying, Dad, why don't you color in that part? Or, Dad, what about that part? What about that part? Or what about that part? And he told me very proudly one day, Dad, I want to be a pastor just like you one day. And I thought, man, I hope you're not just like me. I hope you're a good one. Um, the purpose of the church is to grow to look like Christ. And we are all given gifts for that purpose. Um, some of us are given the gift of, of you know, preaching, and, and some like Jeremy or, or John. Um, some of us are given the gift of, of teaching, um, like Stephanie, or like whoever's sitting here who got us calling to teach first through third graders. Um, some of us are given the gifts of leading youth and being able to relate to youth and ask difficult questions that they respond to and develop relationships with them. Some of us have that gift. And you are given that gift not for your own personal use, not for your own personal edification, not so you could bury it in the yard, not so that you could make a lot of money one day, not so that you could be cool in front of the kids, but so that you could grow and mature the body of Christ. The purpose of the church is to expand the kingdom and to glorify God. We're only doing four today, but can you bump me here? I'm frozen. Um, the fourth purpose of the church is the completion of his program, and his program is to spread the gospel. His program is to glorify God, to save sinners, to to um, to bring people to forgiveness. Because honestly, the death of Christ like, is going to save the people that it's going to save, right? But, like, everyone who isn't saved by it, like, that death only serves to their, like, horror in eternity. Like, it's, it's to their shame. It's, it's to their loss. Like, it is to their glory if they come under it. And our job is to spread that and to help people mature and to help people grow and to put it out to other people. Like, like that's why it is such a big deal. And I know it's a forever thing. We need Sunday school teachers. Anybody who's been to church for more than five years has heard that refrain 90,000 times, right? And you're tired of hearing that song. But the truth is, if nobody's teaching kids this purpose of the church, the completion of his program, it's not going to happen. If nobody's sitting down with Titus and teaching him about what the scriptures say and helping him to grow in maturity in his faith, like if I don't do that, then he's going to be the wrong kind of mini me. He's going to grow into the worst parts of me, which I, I hope he doesn't. We're here to complete his program. The church's purpose, we're to spread the kingdom. And a big part of how we do that, like everything on the list, apostles, teachers, etc like these are people who are growing the body, helping us mature spiritually. Some of y'all have grown for years and years and years, and you've never brought anybody under you to help them grow. I'll tell you, I've been here Eight years, and I think the, in the top three things I've accomplished has been the two or three people I've spent an hour with every week talking to them about their faith and helping them grow. Like, the best thing. You can take everything else away, and the whole eight years is worth it for that. Which isn't to say I don't love the rest of you. But if we have maturity, our job, our purpose, when we are in the zone, is when we're using those gifts to expand the kingdom. We also need youth leaders, by the way. Both of those things are a big deal. And my question for you guys is, like as we're finishing up, we got two more points. We're going to do them the next, next week because I'm not going to go 45 minutes. Um, are we, are you, like imitating Christ's person? Are you carrying that wherever you go? Is it in you? Is it around you? Are you... Like manifesting his presence. Like when you go out in the world, when you encounter folks, are they coming away with a smell or are they seeing the glory of God? Are they hearing noise and racket and saying, man, I want to be like, in fact, actually, I was talking to a fellow who is not a church goer uh, a couple weeks ago. And he was talking to me about a gentleman who is no longer alive in this community, but many years ago was very active in a church. And he said, yeah, I knew that guy in church. I don't think he was there to glorify God. I I don't think it had anything to do. I, I know why he was there, but it was all about him. And, like, are we that guy? Or are we people that folks look at us and say, man, I meet Jesus when I meet you? I know God better because I know you. Like, are we manifesting his presence? Are we completing his plan by spreading the gospel, by bringing people to Christ? By um, glorifying God before the angels, by demonstrating his glory in our salvation and in the salvation of others so that the angels in eternity stand up and take notice. Like, is that who we are? There's that stupid Facebook thing, right? Be the kind of person that, like when your feet hit the ground, the devil says, oh, man, he's up or she's up. There's truth in it, right? The angels take notice. And they rejoice when we sleep. Well, the fallen angels take notice and rejoice when we sleep, um, And completing his program, meaning growing the body, meaning spreading salvation. And my question for you is, do you have talents you got buried in your yard? Are you serving the purpose of the church in your life? Are you manifesting Christ? Um, are you completing Christ? In your work to help other believers grow, to help other believers mature, to help people come to find Christ from a place of lost. Um, are we the body of Christ? Because at the end of the day, the church, we're not a social club. We're not. We exist to take care of each other. We do. We're, we're here to sing to each other and sing with each other when we're miserable, right? We're here to feed poor people. We're fe- here to take care of people who can't take care of themselves. We're here to, like, like love you know, the loss and, and, and all that. I mean, like, we're here for all of that. But at the end of the day, we're here for all of that because we're here to be the body of Christ to the world around us. If we're not doing those things, we're not fulfilling our purpose. It'd be a little like a combine. If I had a combine but I didn't have a thresher, my combine would not do a whole lot of good. Right? I could cut. I could throw it all back into the machine. But if that machine ain't working, nothing. Totally pointless. You need a thresher because the thresher brings the weed out, brings it from the garbage, the chaff. Um, Our purpose is to bring God, to bring Christ, to bring his glory to the world, put it on display, and grow. Where are you at, folks? My challenge to you is to pray about it, to, to seek inward. We'll close in prayer, and I will be shorter than I have been in the last three weeks, which isn't the purpose of preaching. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with us. Um, I pray that the folks who are here, that 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 they would know Christ's person, that they would know his presence, that they would know his plan, um, and that they would complete his program in the lives of the folks around us. Help us, Lord, uh, even if we don't have the gift of teaching to to you know stand close to other believers and help them grow. Even if we don't have the gift of, of preaching the word, that we would um, be people through the lifestyle that we live, that we glorify you help us to be the manifestation of christ in this world lord the call to do greater works than than your son is daunting and terrifying lord god i pray that we would recognize that this is a byproduct of manifesting your spirit is a byproduct of being your church pray all this in christ's name amen